one of my friends, and um, he said, hey, you know what? You should just spend the night at my place. And I said, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. So, so he took off in his truck down these gravel roads, and, um, I, you know, the, these roads were completely unfamiliar to me, and I had a light car. He had a heavy truck, and we just took off. We were going way too fast for the conditions. And there was dust being kicked up, and I was getting scared. But I was too proud to tell him to slow down. <laughs> you know how it is when you're 21, or maybe even when you're older than that. You're like, yeah, man, I, I can handle this. Um, yeah, but I couldn't handle it. And, um, and so uh, he ended up cresting the hill, and instead of uh, putting the brakes on, he, he geared down. He had a truck, and he could do that. So he slowed down without me seeing any brake lights through the dust. And so he ended up being at the top of this hill. I came through the dust, and there he was stopped. And so I put the brakes on, still going at a really good clip, ended up losing control of my vehicle and swip, fl flipping my car into a swamp. Um, it, thankfully, it wasn't deep, but if it had been deep, uh, I mean, I, I could have I died. I mean, I could have died in the rollover because <laughs> that's what ended up happening. I rolled my car into the, into the ditch. And I remember thinking that I, ha I was seriously injured because, you know, in, 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 a, in a situation like that, your nerves are going, you can't feel much of anything. But I remember um, crawling out of the vehicle, thankfully, looking down and, and seeing that I was okay. Um, and I remember standing there in front of my car, above my car, looking down at the running lights. They were still on. They're red lights. And I remember the thought hit me. You know, if things would have turned out just a little bit differently here, I could be looking into the eyes of Jesus. And what have I done with my life up until this point? I mean, that'll sober you up, you know? And um, it, was, it, was one of those, it was one of those turning points. I didn't realize how significant it was at the time, but it was one of those turning points in my life. I ended up finishing up my trade, but right after I finished up my trade, I ended up going to Bible school. I'm telling you, during Bible school, God met with me in a very specific way, uh, in a very powerful way. I mean, he showed me that he wanted to use me. He was using me in Bible school. People were getting saved. Prayers were being answered. And I'm just so thankful to be called into full-time Christian service. So fast forward to today, right now, um, God has called me to evangelism and church planting. And specifically, I'm going to be going to a place called Hinton, Alberta, a place that, was, uh, that has, a, has a church there. But over time, as the pastor had to go back down to the States, um, the, the church has really dwindled in size. So it's really going to be like a, a church re replant, essentially what it's going to be. There's three members. We have a building. We're able to, um, to rent it for 750 bucks a month, which is actually an incredible deal. Like, wow, you know, it's 750 bucks a month, and we're able to do kind of whatever we want, any improvements that we need. Um, and, and really, it's just a, it's a great gift there that we've been given. And um, so that's, that's what the Lord has called me to do. So right now, I'm raising support to be able to do that full time uh, and be able to, uh, to pastor the people of Hinton and whoever the Lord brings into my flock. And I'm just excited about it. And, um, you know, one of the things that as I've gone along, I've been praying about is someone to join me in that journey, a wife. And uh, earlier this year, I was uh, on the deputation trail, and I, I, I connected with a pastor out in Fort Francis. And as it is um, with, with pastors that, uh, you know, have a young missionary, young single missionary coming in, they'll be like, well, you know, I, I think we maybe have someone that, here that, you know, you might be interested in. And, or, or, and I hear that all the time. And so I remembered hearing that from him and just kind of being like, okay, sure, just like every other pastor, you know, I, I, I just kind of pushed it from my mind, but I remember getting up to preach, and um, I saw this girl on the, on the fifth row, and I thought, 
I have to meet her. <laughs> and so um, I ended up uh, working up some courage and, and talking to her. And um, I, I, first, you know, you don't really know what to say and, and how to get into the conversation or anything like that. But I, when I finally did, we, we, we just, we clicked. And it was just really neat to just see her heart and to see how the Lord had been working in, in her life and how she was surrendered to full-time Christian service. And so um, it, uh, as time has, has progressed and and whatnot, um, the Lord ha is leading us together. I was engaged uh, at the beginning of last month, and I'm excited for what the future holds. So there's a lot of different dynamics now that I'm suddenly aware of that I wasn't aware of before. Like, well, okay, we need, I need more support. I need to find a place to live where it's not just me, and it's not just a crummy little camper or something like that. You know, it's, there's these different factors that I'm thinking of now. So pray for me in that. I definitely need wisdom in it, and uh, pray for the support to come in and that the Lord would just get us onto the field uh, as soon as possible. And I'm just, I'm just blown away at the blessing uh, that, that, that it is to serve Jesus, you know? Um, you know, maybe there's some young people here, and you're thinking in your mind, you know, if I give my life to Jesus, and I decide that I'm going to follow him with my life, it's just going to be an absolute drag. You know, I'm just going to hate every moment of it, and I'm, I'm never going to be able to have any fun for the rest of my life. I'm probably going to end up going to, um, you know, this horrible place where there's cannibals, and they're probably going to eat me. And don't, don't listen. Don't listen to, the, to, to that type of talk. You know, being in the center of God's will, even with the trials and even with the tough things that come along, is the best place that you can be. It's the most satisfying and I just feel very privileged to be here before you. And my goal this morning is really just to be an encouragement. I want to be an encouragement to you, Pastor, and I want to be an encouragement to the people of this church. I really believe that, uh, that God has something special that he wants you to know from the Word of God. And, you know, the Bible is really a love letter. It's written to you and I, and, and the Holy Spirit takes it and then applies it personally to each of us. And that's what I hope happens this morning. So before we get into anything here, let's just uh, pray and ask the Lord to meet with us in a, in a special way. Dear Lord, I just uh, am so thankful for this opportunity you've given. Lord, I have no idea uh, really what the people in this room are going through. Uh, Lord, I, I don't know, but I know that you know, and I know that you're the good shepherd. Lord, you're keeping a good eye on all of us. And you're shepherding us through life, and you're leading us beside the still waters and into green pastures. And I pray that this morning, um, the message that is shared would be, would be like that, would be being like you're leading us beside the still waters, like you're giving us a refreshment from uh, the, the cool waters. And Lord, we, we, we do need you. We need a fresh touch from, from heaven. Lord, I feel that. Lord, I need revival today, and I'm just asking, Lord, that you would do something in a very powerful way, show up, and in spite of us, Lord, do something um, that, would, that only you can do, glorify your name and encourage your people. And I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. I have a question for you this morning. Um, have you ever been worried about something? That's almost a silly question because, of course, we've all been worried uh, about different things, and um, I want to just kind of paint a scenario here for you, okay? It's two in the morning and you're wide awake, okay? Probably never happened to anybody here, I, I don't know. I know it's happened to me, but uh, it's two in the morning and you can't sleep, and there could be a variety of reasons. Um, maybe you have a new job that you're starting tomorrow and you're just petrified about that. Oh man, you know, I hope, I, I hope I'm able to meet expectations. I hope, you know, my boss is nice. I hope, you know, and whatever it might be, or it could be um, you don't have a job at all. 
and uh, you're wondering how you can get one, and you're just you're worried about that. Um, what if the pain in your chest is heartburn, or or what if it's something else? What if it's uh, some sort of heart issue that you didn't know about, something that's just sprung up? Um, what if the pain in your stomach is not indigestion but colon cancer? Ever had those thoughts come across your mind before? I have. Um, what if my kid decides to walk away with God while at, at university? Ever been there be before? You know, you've sent your child away and you've poured all this investment into them and, and now they're gone and you're just thinking about what could happen. Are they going to move away from God? Are they going to stay on the straight and narrow? What, what, what's going to happen? The economy is bad. What if we're not able to feed our family? What if we can't pay the mortgage? What if I get into a car accident? What if I get disabled? Uh, what if I'm not saved? What if, what if, what if? All these questions have the potential to just flood your mind. Have you ever been there before? You know, um, anxiety is, is something that we all face. Honestly, it really is. Um, we can be fearful about a lot of things. There's, in fact, there's a lot of things that we're not in control of. And do you know that often is the stem of our anxiety? It's like, I am not in control of this situation. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's around the corner. I, you know, this is terrifying. Um, you know, let's get some definitions here of anxiety. Uh, it's an apprehensive uneasiness or nervousness over an impending or anticipated ill. Okay, so something's coming down the, the track. Something's around the corner. I don't know what it is, and I'm terrified of it. An abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear often marked by physical signs such as tension, sweating, increased pulse rate, by doubt concerning the reality and nature of said threat, and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it. In other words, there's this thing that's going to happen, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to deal with it, or it might happen. I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with it. It can be very terrifying. You know, and anxiety has this um, way of lying to us, okay? Uh, there's, a f there's a few lies that anxiety tells us, okay? So the first one that I sometimes experience is uh, something really bad is about to happen to you. Ever had that before? You just kind of get this eerie sense. Like you wake up in the morning and, and you just have this sense like, oh, man, today is just there's something bad lurking in the corner here. And... Um, it can, that can really mess up your day. And, and I remember, especially when I was in my teen years, just waking up. And, and sometimes my entire day was flavored by that. You'd wake up and you're like, okay, I guess it's going to be a bad day. You know, and, you know, you just have this anxiety that just kind of hits you and you don't know how to really cope with it because it feels so real. But how do we cope with that? Well, first of all, we, we really don't know what the future holds. Uh, we can guess, but we can't know. Um... And even if something bad does happen to you, God is the one who's ultimately in control. And he works everything together for, for his glory and for our good. And you know what worry is, is, is really, it's, it's, an it's not an acknowledgement of God's, of, of either God's power over everything or his goodness over everything. Because if we truly believe that God was all powerful, we'd say, okay, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. If we truly believed that it, he was all good, we would say, okay, if it does happen, he's going to work it together for my good. Um, here's another lie. You can control the outcome by worrying more, okay? If I just 
focus on this just a little bit more, if I put more mental energy into it, I can avoid whatever's going to happen. I, you know, and so you're checking locks. You know, you're making sure that the window is locked. Uh, you're making sure that you, um, uh, you know, uh, that the dog is still, you know, there and alive. And uh, you, you run out to your car and make sure that you hit that button to make sure it's locked. And, and then maybe, maybe you can, uh, you can get to sleep. Maybe if you worry more, uh, you can avoid whatever's going to happen. And here's what Jesus said to this thought. He said, and which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? Um, and then, the, I mean, the obvious answer to that, Jesus is asking kind of this, you know, almost silly question, a rhetorical question. Well, of course, nobody can, can raise, you know, can, can make themselves taller just by worrying. And that's the whole point. And then he says this. He says, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? And then he just challenges the guys that are listening, the, the disciples, the, whoever's there. He said, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know what God is saying there? He's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. I, 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 I've got this. Takes care of the grass of the field. He most certainly can take care of you. Because you and I just, we, we like to think that we've got, you know, things wrapped up and then we're, we're in control. But the reality is, is we're not. We, we, we don't have control. We don't have the ability often to cope with what, we, what we're dealing with, but there's somebody who does. And when we go to him and we look to him and we're resting on him, he gives abundant grace because that's what he's promised. You know, you, can, you, you cannot change anything in the world by worrying about it. Preparation may help. Prayer will help. But worry will only make you miserable. Let me say that again. This is important. Preparation may help, okay, you know, maybe it's good to have something in the savings account. Prayer will help, definitely. You get, get before the Lord. He's going to hear your prayer, he, he, and it's amazing, you know, and, and you've seen that. I'm sure you've seen that. As you've prayed, God has, uh, has, has um, protected you and dealt with your needs. But worry will only make you miserable, and I am exhibit A of worry, just destroying my peace and ruining years, let's say, even, of my life? Um, how about this lie? You have no choice but to worry. You're a born worrier. I've heard this before. You know, um, I actually, I come from a, a family of worriers. My mom was a worrier. Yeah, she would worry all the time. My dad, oh man, he was always worried about finances. He was worried about this. He was worried about that. My grandpa was a worrier. You see, I come from a long line of worriers, and I really just can't help it. It's just kind of who I am. And we can make these excuses. Uh, and it's very easy to do. You know, we're, we're experts, actually, at um, blaming somebody else or something else for something we're personally responsible for. Do you know that you're personally responsible for your worry? That's a choice that you make. It's a choice. It's not just something that was thrust upon you and you have to do. Even though sometimes our feelings make it seem like that's the way it is. It's just at the end of the day, it's a choice. It's a choice. Um, here's what the, the Bible says. It says in, I believe it's over 103 times. It could be more than this. 
But it says, fear not. It says, be not afraid. Over 103 times that phrase is found. Do you think God is trying to tell us something here? He is. Uh, God does not want his people to be engaging in worry. He doesn't want us to be crippled. He knows what it's, lo- what, what it's like it, when, when people become just worried and all tied up in knots over what the future is going to hold. He doesn't want you to be miserable. He wants you to have peace, which is why he's saying, I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. It's okay. It's all right. I've got this. You can call it a habit, a, co- a coping me- me- mechanism. But at the end of the day, God really calls worry sin. He calls it sin. And there's one thing we know about sin. No matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what the circumstances are that surround us, God has promised us that there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not, and will not allow you to be tempted above what you were able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. That applies to any sin, and that applies to worry as well. Um, he give, and thankfully, this is the wonderful thing about the, the Bible. You know, the Bible is just so practical. You know, so, sometimes people treat the Bible like it's this book that's just kind of, uh, you know, um, this, you know, old text that doesn't really have any meaning or any relevance for today. Well, I'm telling you what, that is just not true. If you actually read the Bible, you'll find that there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of things that are there to give you help day after day, in your day-to-day life. And this passage that we're going to look at here um, gives us a prescription for dealing with worry. So I'm excited actually to unpack this because I honestly believe that what we're going to learn here in the little time that we have left can transform your week. It give you peace, uh, not because uh, it's some sort of magic formula, but because there's a supernatural God, a God who's on the throne, that desires to give you peace and wants you to know this. Okay, turn your Bibles to Philippians 4, 4 through 8, the prescription for worry. And it's actually broken down, and uh, uh, this is something that <laughs> is not actually original with me, but um, the, the entire passage could be broken down into the acrostic calm. Calm. So if you're taking notes, write this down, calm. So the C-A-L-M. And there's going to be a point that's, that's actually, that corresponds to a verse. And it'll help you remember this when you're worried in the middle of the day for whatever, okay? So let's, let's dig into this, okay? It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Isn't that, isn't that neat? The Lord is at hand. You know, he's right there beside you right now. That's, that's real. That's true. That's not just some Bible talk or something like that. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. First point that I see and I want to explain from this verse is C, celebrate God's goodness. If you want to overcome worry in your life, you need to celebrate God's goodness. Um, You remember that song? When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journey's end. 
count your, you know what that, that is talking about? It's talking about taking the things that you're worried about, taking the things that are happening in your life, and, and saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to rejoice. I'm going to count my blessings even in the middle of this, this turmoil, this trial. Do you know that's hard for worry and for praise to exist in the same time? I would say that they're actually polar opposites. Because you know what praise does? It acknowledges, like we talked about just a little bit earlier, praise acknowledges that God is on the throne and that he is good. That's what praise does. So when you're you're praising, when you start acknowledging that God is on the throne and that he's in control and that he's got, um, you know, the whole world in his hand. You know, we sing these, these neat little Bible songs, right? He's got the whole world in his hand. You know, that's actually true. He actually does have the whole world in his hands. He is in control. And when we praise, that's what we're testifying about. We're acknowledging that God is good and that he's in control, that he's on the throne. You know, uh, why is God worthy of your praise? Because he's the one who's, who is, um, he's on the throne. He's the creator. He's the one that's perfectly in control of your life. He's actively working to bring all things, even the bad things, together for good. And you cannot truly praise God, as was said without acknowledging his complete power, and in that power, his goodness towards you. You know, it says in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So here, I have a question for you. Whose love is it that casts out fear? Is it your love? Is it, okay, so, okay, I'm scared. I've really just got to, like, get this, you know, love for God in my heart. Well, I, I guess, but, you know, the Bible says we first love, we love him because he first loved us. You know, do you know what gives us peace? Do you know what casts out fear? Is when we acknowledge that we are loved by God. When, when we acknowledge that, like, yes, this God, this, this God that I serve, he gave his only begotten son for me. It says, if, if he gave, if, uh, I'm paraphrasing this, but he gave us his own son. How can, shall he not freely give us all things? He's just, and he, every day, he's just lavishing his blessings upon us, pouring them out upon us. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be a Christian. You know, I would rather be a Christian in a dungeon with, you know, chains upon my feet and, you know, slashes on my back than be a king with all and everything that he could want and on my way to hell. You know, uh, talking about people who, who, who uh, are chained, you know, remember Paul and Silas? Those guys had a lot to worry about. You actually think about their story, okay? And, and, and you know, for, for, for us, you know, we're, we're past that and everything. We've, we saw the end. But those guys never, they, when they were in the middle of that, they never saw the end. You know, they... For all they knew, this could have been their last, last moment on earth. Okay, well, so we've been beaten up. Uh, we're here in jail. So what's the next thing? We're going to get executed, maybe? And they could have just cowered in that prison. And they could have been all, you know, terrified in that prison. And honestly, we would say, yeah, I mean, pff, that's pretty terrifying. Uh, you would have every right to do that. But you know what those guys did? They sang praises to God. And I'm sure the, the people in that prison, they're kind of looking over like, what? These guys, those guys were mangled. I mean, I'm telling you, those guys were beat up. And everybody's like, what in the world? Like, they're, they're down in the dumps, and suddenly there's this, 
these you know quavering uh, you know voices that are maybe weak, but there's there's they have a sound and a song of praise. And you know what happened when those guys began to praise the Lord? A miracle. Do you know what happens when you praise the Lord in the middle of a turmoil? A miracle. You be why because you're acknowledging that God is in control. And he's on the throne, and, and suddenly the, that fear that you have begins to evaporate as you, as you focus on things that are true, things that are right, as we're going to talk about a little bit later in this passage. But C, celebrate God's goodness. Now, A, that's, that's the second point there. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. Here's what it says in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, God is saying, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's how you could sum that verse up. Is that your, is that your default setting? Or when something bad happens, you're like, oh, oh I, I don't know what to do. You know, and you start kind of pacing back and forth, and, you know, you're worried, and your whole day is ruined. Or do you pause for a moment and say to yourself, wait a second, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to talk to the maker about this. I'm going to, I'm going to take this, this thing that could be terrifying, this thing that is terrifying to me, this thing that's disturbing me, and I'm going to bring it before the Lord with prayer, supplication, and don't forget with thanksgiving. Do you know what thanksgiving is? It's an acknowledgement that God actually has heard your prayer. So don't just pray about it, but say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that, I, that you've heard this prayer. So take your requests into the Lord. You know, it's so simple. It's, it's kind of like basic Christianity, but sometimes we just forget those basics, which is why it's good to remember some of them sometimes, you know, to go for a review. When you run into a problem, ask God for help. When worry comes knocking at the door, as it does, just say to Jesus, Jesus, would you answer that? That's okay to do that. You know, remind the Lord of the promises that he has made to you. You know, those promises are given to us for a reason. They're not just, they're not just random facts. God says, I, I'm giving those to you for right now so that you can claim them. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus is right there. He's right there. When you run into a problem, ask God to help, to help you. The path to peace is paved with prayer. Remember that. The path to peace is paved with prayer. I like alliteration like that. Now again, that, that phrase right there is not something that's original with me, but I thought it was cool, so I stole it. <laughs> the path to peace is paved with prayer. The past path to peace is paved with prayer. All right, now L in calm here. Leave your concerns with God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes what we, here's what we do. We pray, pray prayers of unbelief. Have you ever done that before? You pray, and then you're still worried. Well, what's the issue? You've prayed, right? Now, shouldn't the, shouldn't the peace be flooding in here now? I, I mean, I did the thing. I did the little kind of thing that's laid out in Scripture. Shouldn't the peace now be hitting me? Where's the peace? I guess this promise is not true. Oh, brother, now I'm on my own again. No, 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 no. Wait a second. You never left it with the Lord. You know, it says, take your, that old song, take your burden to the Lord and what? Leave it there. You know, we, we, take, the bur we take that burden to the Lord, but then we don't leave it there. We say, okay, God, I'll take that now. And 
And then we just walk around and, and, and we're burdened down with the thing with God who's saying, hey, if you would have just left it there, I would have given you all these things that I've promised you. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, you don't get that, that peace that passes all understanding unless you're able to actually trust God with that worry. You know, here's sometimes kind of how we do it. How many of you have ever had car trouble before? I've had car trouble before. Uh, actually, just a couple weeks ago, I had my starter die in my car when we were out in Banff, or actually out in Jasper, so we're kind of far away from everything. It was a bit of an adventure. But I just want, I just want to imagine, okay, I, I had two different things that I could have done there, okay? I could have said to the mechanic, all right, take it. You know what, what needs to be done. Uh, I'm just going to leave that in your capable hands. Or I could have followed him to the shop, set up a lawn chair, and instructed him with how to do the work that he's been trained to do and I haven't been trained to do. Okay? You know, that the, the second situation there is sometimes kind of what we do with God or with our lives. Uh, God, I'm just going to sit here and, uh, and I'm going um, to instruct you on in how to fix this problem. Oh, God, don't, don't, don't. don't uh, I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And God is standing there, kind of like the mechanic there is standing there with his wrench saying, would you just shut up? I've got this. And he, he, wouldn't, he, doesn't, he wouldn't do that to us. But that's kind of, that. you get the picture, right? And God wants us to just leave our care in his capable hands. Are you willing to do that? I, let me ask it this way. Are you willing to allow the peace of God, which passes all understanding, to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That's really what the question is. Because if you're willing to leave it in his capable hands, that means that you're also willing to let the peace of God flood your heart. And that's the way God wants us to live. He wants us to live in that reality. All right, finally, uh, M, M, meditate on good things. It says in uh, Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, here's what God is basically saying. Think on those things that are actually real. You know, a lot of our worry comes from things that are just not true or things that may happen but haven't happened yet. And, and so they're not true. They haven't actually occurred yet. And, you know, there's a lot of different lies that Satan wants us to believe. You know, you're not saved. Uh, no one does this stuff like you're doing there uh, and, 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 and is saved. Nobody does that. You know, that's just not true. You're, you are hopeless. You're always going to struggle with this sin. Nobody loves you. Oh, you, you know, uh, everybody, uh, you know, another variation, you know, Nobody, nobody picks you for, the, for their team because they, they don't like you. you, you know, or you don't have any friends, or um, you're going to fail in this, or um, uh, God is against you. Um, you won't be able to provide for your family. All these different lies that the devil throws at us. You're sick. You're really badly sick. You know, please oh, don't do this. Sometimes there's a temptation to do this, but um, go. you get you know, kind of a funny feeling or something like that, and you instantly Google it. I mean, if you, you know, you, okay, so I have a, uh, a pain and kind of a lump on my arm. I've got cancer, you know, you, you, just, you can just get all terrified by 
by, you know, Dr. Google. Um, don't don't li live in reality, okay? You know, actually go to the doctor and, 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 and don't spend your time worrying about whatever. The Lord knows he's got it in his, and, and you know, sometimes this, in our modern times, sometimes we do not acknowledge that God is still a God that heals. And he does. And, and sometimes we limit God because of our unbelief. And, and it's, you know, it's actually, actually okay to pray in faith that you get healed over something. That's okay. You know, God is still the same. He hasn't changed. He, you know, he didn't say, okay, well, I guess you guys have developed modern technology. I don't need to be here anymore. And I'm going to, no, I am the God who heals thee, is what it says. And it's okay to, to, to do that. Take that burden to the Lord and leave it there. But think on things that are true. You know, there's a great story of someone who was tossed to and fro in the wind and the waves. Have you been there before? I'm telling you there. I'm, I'm telling you why I'm there every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? The winds and the waves. Life starts just hitting you from this side and from that side. Sometimes it's more severe than other times. But then Peter, he sees Jesus walking on the water, and he realizes who it is, and suddenly the storm doesn't seem so bad. He even goes so far as to venture out into the waves with Jesus. So long as he kept his eyes on Christ, he was fine. He was walking on water. You know, in the middle of a storm, here's what we need to do. We need to meditate, not on the mess, but meditate on the master. Don't meditate on the mess. Don't look around at the wind and the waves and the storm. Look at the master of the wind and waves and sea and say, he's got this. He's actually in control. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to rest on Jesus. You know what will happen when you choose to do that and choose to take your burden to the Lord and leave it there? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will flood your heart and mind, and you'll be able to go forward, and you'll be able to function at work, and you'll be able to minister to your family, and you'll be able to... Whatever, you'll be able to do the mission that God has called you to do effectively. Why? Because you have that peace. That peace that passes all understanding. But you're never going to get there unless you choose to be calm. Unless you celebrate God's goodness. Unless you ask God for help. Unless you leave the, that burden with the Lord. Unless you meditate on good things. Are you calm? Are you calm today? Are you resting on your Savior?